open your Bibles this evening to the book of 1 John, chapter number 4. The book of 1 John, chapter number 4. Are you finding your places in God's Word again? It's my joy and privilege to be here at Hilltop Baptist Church. I have enjoyed the week. And I've enjoyed every meeting. I've enjoyed all the singing. And I've enjoyed the singing tonight. Bridget always does a good job. Yeah. She called me this evening and uh, about my supper. She did that last year for me. And I said, well, I, I'm in Lexington. I got up early this morning and I took the motorhome down to Lexington and, and drove back to the city. She said, well, you still bring your supper? I said, yeah. So she brought me my supper. It's in the car. Brother Billy said, it's more than I got. <laughs> I wonder if I can explain that. I can only do that when I get to heaven, bro. I can't explain that down here. But anyway, thank you so much for that. Good to see my dear friend from out here tonight. Well, it's been March since I seen you both. And I'm so glad to see you. You made my day when you drove up out there in the driveway. Lord bless you. Good to see all of you. You have been faithful. Thank y'all for being in the meeting tonight. I had a, I was going to cut grass today. There's 103 where I live. And I said, I better not do that. <laughs> I better not do that because I still walk behind the lawnmower. I don't have a riding mower. Now, don't feel sorry for me. That's my choice. Yeah. That's my choice because I need that exercise. So I let that lawnmower pull me along. <laughs> and so I said, well, I, I'll, I'll do that. So I have done very little or nothing today. Very little or nothing. I got up early this morning. Have you ever see most time when I park somewhere it's so noisy I can't rest. Up here it's so quiet <laughs> I can't rest. I woke up this morning at three thirty. Could not go back to sleep. It was so quiet here. And uh, most time my wife has said, "Turn the television down. People can hear you. Don't worry about that up here." Yeah. <laughs> in the morning I just. Turn the volume wide open. It's just me and the Lord and the folk in the cemetery. <laughs> but anyway, I sort of appreciate the opportunity to be here. And uh, thank you for loving us and supporting us monthly. God bless you for that. And thank you for the love offering. Thank you, preacher, so very much. It's always joy to come. I say each time I come here, this is history for us. This is where it all started right here for us many years ago. Over 60 some years ago. Amen. At that time, I thought 60 years old was old. <laughs> now I'm 86 and I still feel young. You know? <laughs> Only sometimes. Somebody asked me what kind of water I was drinking because then I looked young. Well, down in Florida years ago, at, uh, just out of Jacksonville at St. Augustine, Florida, though. Had a sign there, Fountain of Youth. I tell you, if I took a drink of that water, <laughs> it must have an effect, though. Of course, you know, I'm kidding. Kidding. They said, uh, You're just as old as you feel. A man said to me one time, He said, I feel like a hundred. I said, How old are you? He said, 50. I said, Then how do you know how a hundred year old man? <laughs> I can only tell you how an 86 year old man feels when he gets tired. I mentioned that last night. It was your last night, remember? I told you one sign of aging was when all your dreams was reruns. 
Over that last line, and also when you listen, he sat down in the rocking chair and you couldn't get it started. <laughs> <laughs> sign of a lady. I preach in this church. Which is I preach in this church. And in the prayer room, you know where it is, clear view. You got a rocking chair. Yeah. And I go in to get it started for And I get that the chair is rocking. You pray for us now, the Lord willing. We pull out again Saturday going to Brookdale, Virginia at Faith Baptist Church. And I'll be there Sunday through Friday. And then I will leave there on Saturday and come home and I'll be preaching. The old time Baptist Church over in King is out of King, but Tommy Holt is there. And then on that Monday, I come back up here and I'll be preaching at True Gospel Baptist Church the last week of July. So if you can come, everyone appreciate that. If you couldn't, would please you stand this evening in honor to the reading of the Word of God. In 1 John chapter 4, I'm going to begin reading at verses number 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we have to also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. My Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you again for Calvary. Lord, I want to thank you for this day that you have made for us, and we're rejoicing and we're glad therein. And again, as we say with the psalmist David, I was glad, and he said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And Father, what a joy it is to congregate together in your house and to worship you. Now, we have worshipped you in congregation to singing. We have worshipped you, Lord, in fellowship time. And in special songs, it's now time to worship you in the preaching of your word. God, would you give me holy unction as I preach for you. Not only just preach for you. But Lord, help me to rightly divide the Word of God. And again, and again, I pray that souls will get saved, and the saints of God will be helped and encouraged. Would you bless our visitors and every church that's represented, Lord. And Lord, bless the members of this church. Again, I pray for our preachers and pastors and missionaries and evangelists, God. I pray for them. And then Brother Mark, Lord, I pray for him and his wife and family and help him now. As the other shepherds, this church, get glory to yourself. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. You may be seated and thank you for standing in honor to the reading, the word of God, and prayer time. I stopped at the service station on my way up this evening, and I have a friend. He's a black man. His name is Joe. He plays a good guitar. He said, do you want me to sing a song for you? And I said, I sure do. You begin to sing that song, I'll meet you in the morning. Amen. You put all that jazz in there. <laughs> 
<laughs> Only they can do that. But I enjoyed it. He said, what you going to be doing in the morning? And I said, I'll be probably early. I'll be washing that motor coach. And then later in the day, I'll be cutting my grass and getting ready to leave out again. He said, if you'll come to service station in the morning, he said, I'll sing some for you. <laughs> well, I like that. I like that. Well, I like to hear people sing. And this man owns this business. He's a fine Christian man. Now, many services that you're singing in that gospel song. But he said, what you're preaching on tonight? I said, I'm going to preach on one of the greatest subjects found in the Bible. All the Bible's great. Amen. And all of our subjects are great, I think, with the Bible. But I'm preaching tonight simply on this thought, the love of God. Amen. The love of God. When I think about that, I think about that song that my pastor used to sing when I first got saved every Sunday morning without music, the love of God. He sang that every Sunday morning, Amen. the love of God. From that song, I learned something about God's love. I worked with my brother Archie Watkins. He was solo in about five years. He's back now with the inspirations again, and he sings that song. I'm going to stroll over heaven with you. Amen. We are together back in the month of May, and I said to Brother Archie, how many times have you sung that song? He said, in 49 years every week. I've sung Amen. that song, I'm going to stroll over heaven. Isn't that amazing? Amen. When you find something good, stay with it. Amen. Just stay with it. It's all right to sing it more than one time. Amen. It's all right to preach it more than one time. We'll never get the half told anyway. Amen. Let me give the brief introduction to our message, and then the message that's nothing like the love of God. Amen. It's the most overwhelming thing that I have ever encountered in my life. I'm so I'm preaching from John's first epistle. Let me mention that John's epistle has a fourfold purpose here. Number one, that our joy in Him might be full. In the book of 1 John, chapter 1, verses 4, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Amen. Oh, God preached a lot of sad faces along the way. Amen. But I believe that real joy puts expression on your face Amen. that you can't hide. Amen. That it cause you to smile when you don't feel like it. That's right. It calls you to shout when you don't feel like it. God talks about the joy. There's no joy in this world compared to the joy that God gives His children. Amen. Then He tells us again that we might not sin against Him. In the book of 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 1, it's awful to sin against your brother or sister in the Lord, but what about against God? You know what David said? He said they sinned against God. You know the life of David. I'm not going to preach that message tonight. And then the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verses number 1, My little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Amen. Aren't you glad that He is our advocate? Amen. He is the one that goes before our Father every day and pleads our call for us. We that are saved, we accuse all day long before God by Satan himself. That's right. Amen. We are. But I'm glad that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, our intercessor. He is our advocate and pleases, listen, and pleases our case for us. Right. Amen. He has become our advocate. Then again, the Bible said that we might know 
that we have eternal life. In the book of 1 John chapter 5, verse number 13, These things have I written unto you, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. There are people in this world that I believe that are saved, but have no assurance of their salvation. Amen. I can take you to a man that, that lived too far from here. And I preach in their church about every year, and he'll at least text me six or seven times a year, or he'll call me. The same old thing, and this is what he'll say to me. He said, did I have to be in the church to get saved? Did I have to be with a certain preacher when I got saved? Did I have to say certain words when I got saved? Did I have to do this and do that? And I have told this man time and time again, you can get saved anywhere when God is digging with your heart and you call upon Him. Right. It's not the word that you put before Him. Only God be merciful to me a sinner. He takes an active part in this church and I believe He's saved. But you don't have the assurance of His salvation. That would have to be awful. Yeah. That would be like having a million dollars in the bank and didn't know you had it. If I had a million dollars to make, I'd like to know I had it. <laughs> God, I know I've been to Calvary. I know I've been born again. Amen. I know I've been washed in the blood. I know I'm saved tonight. Amen. Amen. I know I'm saved. Then I should know some before that we ourselves might love others the way that God loves us. In the book of 1 John 4, 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, for also to love one another. God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Amen. Amen. Let me say, it's not hard to love people that loves you back. It's not hard to love people of like faith. But let some of those turn against you and spit in your face. And tell false things on you. And then it's hard to love them and to pray for them. They have broke your heart. But yet God tells us, when we do that, we heap coals of fire upon their heart. We do. So the Bible tells us, listen, we need love one another. Then also there's a fifth unspoken reason, and that is to share the great love of Almighty God. Now John is writing to put them in their place, and as he does, he tells the rest of us about a great God, with a great love for a great sinner. Now the Bible tells us in 1 John, it's a great epistle of love. We find in this epistle that love is mentioned 46 times and 135 verses. Now think of that. Amen. 135 verses. It's the greatest love of our great God that I want to preach about. So let me share the message found here about the love of God. First of all, we find verses 7 through 11, how God's love is described. Now, I wish I could tell you that I have learned in these 60 some years how to describe the love of God. I started out over 60 years ago, and I'm no better shape than I was then. Because I cannot find it in my vocabulary and explain the love of God, and neither can you. You have to Are you with me? The only thing I know that is unspeakable. I can't understand it or why, but I know I've experienced it. It worked a miracle in my heart and caused me to love Him. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 19, we love Him because He first loved us. Amen. Then I want you to notice number two. His love is unending. There's no end. God's love. That's right. Amen. We hear this all the time. A man and woman gets married and then they fall out of love. 
I'm glad that God loved me just like I was and like I am. Amen. I'm glad He took me just like I was. He took you just like you was and ask no questions about that. His love is eternal. Amen. It is unending. There's no end to God's love. In Jeremiah chapter number uh, 31, verse number 3, the Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Now there's a difference between infatuation and the love of God. Right. God's love is eternal. Number three is unselfish. It asks for nothing. In return, have it. It leads men repent and to turn to God. Love asks for nothing. Amen. I mentioned this as I've been here when I asked Mr. Gilbert May 68 years ago, all over now, for Miss Potter to be my wife. He said to me, do you love her? And I said, sir, I think I do, but I've only known her six weeks. But I'm thinking I love her. But down through the years, I have not learned to love her. That love that I told my father on, which was to be at that time, has been proving itself every day since then. Amen. Amen. You never arrive at a perfect marriage. Every day you work on your marriage. You never work. A person came to me not long ago and said, How long did it take you and your wife to get a perfect marriage? I said, What are you talking about? Tell me about our house sometime. <laughs> I said, We don't have that perfect marriage, and you don't either. If we are saved, we're married to Christ. That's perfect. Amen. That's perfect, ladies and gentlemen. But I said that to say this. So people fall in love and out of love, but not God. That's God's right. love is on seven. Romans chapter 2 and verse number 4. Or despises out the riches of his goodness and forbear and longs not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Amen. Now Paul's right here and say, I do not deserve to be on this platform tonight. I do not deserve to be behind this pulpit tonight. Neither do you deserve to be where right. you are tonight. Amen. Right. Had we received justice, we'd be in hell tonight. Right. But oh, thank God. Mercy came. Amen. Mercy and grace. You can't separate them. Thank God for His mercy, ladies and gentlemen. Thank God for His goodness. God is so good to us. How can we but help to thank Him and to praise Him? You go back and look at your life before God saved you. He was good to you then. We didn't need this. We took so much for granted. He fed us and clothed us and gave us water. We thought nothing about that. We took all that for granted. Until that day. That we experience the love of God. We begin Amen. to appreciate the love of God. Amen. Then the Bible said again, it is unmerited. Cannot be earned to deserve. God loved us because He desired a people to love. His love is based in His grace. I, when I think about God, all deserve to have a people to love Him. God took dust and He formed man. He breathed in his nostrils and he became a living soul. Amen. And then all the animals that God made. Marched before Adam, he could not find him a help me. And then he caused him to go to sleep and took a rib and gave him a help me. Gave him a wife. And he said to them, he said, Now in the garden everything belongs to you. That's one tree is to be desired, but the day that you thereof you'll die. So Satan came along. The old servant said, Why, you will not die. He said, You will be a seeing God. And God been coming, meeting Adam and Eve every day in the cool of the day in the garden. On this day, they partook of the fruit. God came at the same time on time. He's always on time. Amen. But they was not there. 
He called out to Adam, where are thou? And he said, we're over here, we hid ourselves because we're naked. They was naked and didn't know it. Why? Because they weren't sinners at that time. Amen. So who told you it was naked? You know what God did? God took, listen, an innocent animal. And he took that bloody skin. Those fig leaves would not suffice. He took that bloody skin to cover the naked and the blood to take care of the sin problem. Amen. Amen. They became transgressors. As time went on, and I don't have time to preach all the Bible, but I said all that to say this. Man began to walk with his back toward God. Toward God. That came a time of innocence. That came a time of conscience. That came a time of the law. Then that comes grace, you see. When I think of all of this, God desired the people to love Him. Amen. When Jesus went to that cross 2,000 years ago and became our sin back and bore our sins in His own body on the tree to buy us off the slave block to redeem us. Because God's soul wanted the people to serve Him. Because of His only God Son, the Lord Jesus, who went to the cross and paid the sin debt, not in part, but in full. Amen. So God could have a people to love Him. Aren't you glad you're one of God's child? Amen. I'm glad I belong to the Lord. Then the Bible tells us again. When we think about this, when we look in the Bible, it cannot be earned. God's love cannot be earned. But it's best seen at Calvary. We're talking about the love of God. Think about that day when Jesus went to the cross of Calvary and became our sin bearer. And that day that God draw the curtains of heaven would not look upon his son while because of my sins. That's right. And your sins. God does not look upon sin. That's right. And that day he died under almighty wrath of God Almighty without the mercy of God for me and for you. Now that's love, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. That is love. Again, the Bible tells us God loves us because he chose to love us. Then again, it's unconditioned. It's not based on what we can or cannot do. What we produce is based on the love of God. Man can never reach a place where to not be loved by God. God loved us first. He loved us anyway. He loves us eternally. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Amen. Let me give it to you in the Bible now. The Bible said in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 39, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You see what the Bible tells us? There's nothing can separate us from the love of God. Amen. Back some years ago when I was pastoring, there was a man that preached for me. I believe he ran 13 weeks of meetings for us at Spruce Street. His name was Buster Sheen. And he wore 13 and a half shoes, but this man was filled and anointed of God. When he prayed, it seemed like he just could rock heaven when he prayed. But on the road, as a young man, and then one day he got in a state of being depressed. And every town he went in, he'd go see the doctor, he'd get on these uppers and downers, these peels. Finally, one day he took a gun and put it to his head and blew his brains out. I was coming out of Pennsylvania, and I got that call. And I began to weep because my brother had gone to be with the Lord. I knew when I got home, there'd be a lot of questions asked me when I got home. The first thing some asked me 
do you believe must deceive to save? I said, I sure do. How do you believe that? I said, because of the fruit That's right. that he bore. Amen. Amen. Because of his testimony. Yeah. But he committed suicide. Can he go to heaven? Well, sure he can. Amen. Let me say, ladies and gentlemen, if you take a gun and put it to your head, blow your brain, you got to be sick in the mind. you got to be a sick person. Nobody takes their life without being sick somewhere in the mind. Amen. A lost person can do that. So can a saver. Listen, our soul and spirit is saved. It's not the conscience that's saved. That's right. Amen. Now, I said all that to say, and I'm not giving you license to go out and kill yourself now. Don't you tell me what I told you that. But if a gun, if a gun to take away my life and take away my salvation, I don't have nothing to preach to right. That's right. Amen. Are you still with this old preacher Amen. tonight? Amen. I hear this all across this country. Well, they can't go there. If you're saved, you're going to go to heaven. Right. Because Amen. God tells not no right, but God says, that's nothing. That's nothing. can separate us from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Nothing. Amen. I'm going to stand on the Bible Lord, you. Amen. Again, His love is supernatural. is sacrificing and is satisfying. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we're never satisfied. There's a part of you that is never satisfied. That's right. And that's your belly. You never get the belly satisfied. You can eat, shortly thereafter, it calls for something else. The belly is never satisfied. <laughs> never, never, never satisfied. But I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm satisfied with this old time heaven said Holy Ghost born again salvation. Amen. Amen. I'm satisfied. Amen. Yeah. I'm satisfied with God. Since right. the day that God yes, saved me, I've never looked for another God because there's no only God. That's right. Amen. Amen. Then again we find how God's love is described. Then I want you to notice number two, verse number ten, how God's love is demonstrated. Now, God's love can never be fully understood, but it can be seen. It's best seen at the cross. I just mentioned this when Jesus stood in the gap. The Lord Jesus placed himself squarely between guilty sinners and the wrath of Almighty God. In the book of Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 6, he said, Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of peace upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 24, Who is all self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we be dead to sins to live under righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. That's right. Every stripe Jesus took was for me. Amen. Unto you. And through his stripes we're healed. That's right. Then the Bible tells us again now. Notice what he said in 2 Corinthians 5 2. For he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteous of God in him. Then he saved us from hell. Amen. Think about this now. It's his death on the cross. And the death that released his precious blood that opened the door of salvation to every sinner who will come to God. When I think about this right here, when God spoke everything into existence, there's always been a heaven. There's never been a time that has not been a heaven. Right. But there was a time when there was no hell. Right. Now, hell was not made for you and I. That's right. It was right. made for the devil and the fallen angels. Yeah. But hell is enlarged as if to me did thy coming because men and women had put off and rejected the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Well, I'm so glad he saved us from hell. The Bible says here in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 and 90, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed from corrupt things of silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by, listen, notice what he said, received by tradition from your but with the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb, notice now, he said, without blemish and without spot. And then, beloved John said in Revelation 1 5, and from Jesus Christ is a faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings lives in him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. I'm glad I've been washed in the blood. Not sprinkled, but I've been washed. If you're saved, you've been washed in the blood. If you're not saved, you can be washed in the blood tonight. Amen. Amen. I'm glad the blood of Jesus goes deeper than the stain. Yes. Amen. Church membership won't carry you to heaven. That's right. Amen. One baptism will not carry you to heaven. Amen. That's right. Amen. Let me say, turning over pages, being good won't carry you to heaven. That's right. It's only the blood. Amen. Amen. It's got to be the blood. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 9. And verses number 22. And almost all things about the law purged with blood without shedding of blood is no remission. Ephesians 1 7. And whom we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And Hebrews chapter number 9, verses 12 through 14, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. If the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offer himself without spot to God, purge your constant inward? To serve the living God. Amen. It's all because of the blood. Yeah. That's right. Amen. No wonder they take the songs out of our songbook that represents the blood. That's the devil. Right. Every book they write, they call it the Bible. They take deity. They take the blood out. That's right. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I, I, I just only believe in the King James. I don't have to stand and say that. It'll defend itself. I just have to preach it. That's all I got to do. (laughs) Then thank God for the blood of the Lord Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me holy? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's lane and sinners plunge beneath that blood and lose all their guilty status. Amen. And then again, number three, how God's love is displayed. You'll find this here in verses 11 and 12, how God's love is displayed. Besides Calvary, the greatest canvas for the love of God is the lives of those who are redeemed by grace. If we're saved and possess the love of God, it'll be visible in our lives. That's right. Amen. Now, throughout the Bible, there have been men who demonstrated God's love. I think about Joseph now in Genesis 45. I think about Joseph who sold out in Egypt. And his brothers, you know, he's dead. And then went on and years has gone by and then God's son drought. Then two years, it's going to be longer now. They went to get food. When they were there, Joseph recognized his brothers. But they didn't know who he was. But all right, that Joseph had right pronounced death sentence upon his brothers, but he did. He forgave them. Amen. Amen. Now that's forgiving love, ladies and gentlemen. He forgave them. Then when I think about this, not only him, but I think about redeeming love, I think about Hosea. The Bible said in Hosea 3, 1, 3, he then, then said the Lord unto me, Go ye, go yet. Love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, 
Because the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel who took it to other gods and love flagons of wine. So I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver and for a home of barley and a half home of barley. And I said unto her, Thou shalt abide for me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot. Thou shalt not be for any other man. So will I also be with thee. Let me say, Jose didn't have to take her off that slave block. That's right. Amen. Just like Jesus bought you with that. Amen. That's redeeming love, ladies and gentlemen. That's love you can't accept. Then I think about compassion love. I think about Barnabas in the book of Acts. Then I think about healing love over that book of Timothy. I think about Paul. So men are living in the built of love, but God possesses every shade of love imaginable. When we love, listen, when the love of God is present in our life, and a believer, be visible in five different names. We're going to give you five things. We're going to go to the house. Number one, we have love for the Savior. When God saved me, He put a love Amen. in my Amen. heart for Him. The Bible tells us here in 3 John 13 14. I have many things to write, but I will not write. He said, With the ink and pen, and write unto thee. But I trust I shall shortly see thee and shall speak face to face. Just suppose this evening that the ocean. Was an ink well. And every branch on the tree was a fountain pen. You begin to dip it in the ocean to write the love of God. You drain the ocean dry, there'd be space to write the love of God. Amen. In the sky. When I think about this, when I was a little boy, when I was a little boy growing up, I thought I would never love nobody like I love my mama. I thought I would never love nobody like I love my daddy. Amen. I thought I'd never love nobody like I love my brothers and my sister. I'll never love anyone like that, I thought. Then I met that little black-headed girl, face full of breakfast, named Connie Bailey, and I fell in love with her. And I thought, I thought about this, and I told my mother I was going to get married because I found someone I loved more than I did her. I'm going to get married. My mother fainted in the kitchen that morning. Because I was only 17 years old. And I thought that would never be a love like my parents. And now i found someone I love more than my parents. Are you still with us? Amen. Then it went on. Now remember, remember, two years after marriage, my dear wife gave me a son, Jerry. He's now 66 years of age. I remember that day I held him in my hand. I looked down in his face. I said, this is my boy. Amen. His blood, my blood, is in his vein. I never had a love like that in all of my life. Amen. I think about all these different kinds of love. There'll never be a love like that. But then that wonderful day, that wonderful day when I heard about Jesus how he died for me and loved me and asked him to save me I love him more than I love my children my wife or my mom and dad my grandchildren, great grandchildren he has to have first place that's the love like the love for the Savior I cannot find adequate word to tell you how much you ought to love God because he loves us that's right, amen then again, when I think about this, we find here in Ephesus, Revelation 2, 4, notice that what he said. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, repent, 
And do the first works, or else I'll come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But God is saying in Bible days, unless you repent, I'm going to remove the spirit of your place of worship. Now get this right here. Listen carefully what I'm going to tell you. What's happened to our old time preachers? We don't have many left. You look at the two here, the young man here. We don't have any outlet anymore. Our seminaries are putting preachers out of college, like automobiles off a seminar, knowing nothing about the church, have no vision for the church, Amen. have no love for seminary. Become a professional. Oh. A lot of our evangelists today are entertainers rather than being yeah. evangelists. That's right. Mm -hmm. They tickle people behind the ear because they want to feel that way. Mm -hmm. I said all that to say this right here. Our churches, if we're not careful, We'll not care. We become a sounding bracket of tippings and tippings symbol. I appreciate Stark Farm at the Bible Baptist Church. I've been going there a long time. And I noticed in the prayer room, I think this is my 17th to 18th year there in January, and there's a rock. By the way, y'all been there. You've been in the prayer room. There's a rock. They take that rock and move it when they close the door to the men's prayer room. You do pray they put that rock back against the door. Never asked why they did that, why that rock was in there. In January this year, I'm walking down the hallway after praying, and one of the members came up and put his hand on my shoulder. He said, do you know why we have this rock in the prayer I said, no. He said, the Bible said, if we don't praise God, the rock's a cloud. Amen. He said, our pastor put that rock. I said, the day you put praise God, that rock's going to start praising God. Amen. I don't that rock to praise God. <laughs> Can you imagine when we put praising God, that some of these rocks out here might start crying. That's right. Praise I don't know what to proud my praise to you. Amen. Absolutely not. The Bible tells us, listen, be careful. Don't ever let God remove his candlestick from the church. Amen. Your place of worship. Amen. Keep it old fashioned where God is honored and glorified. Then again, we find love for the scripture. In Psalm 119, verse 105, thy words are lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, verse 162. I rejoice that thy word is one that findeth great store. When the Lord saved me, and I started reading the Bible, I didn't like it. it had no pictures in it. I like to read a book with pictures in it, don't you? I mean, pictures demonstrate something. And I began to read the Bible, and it didn't have any pictures. I said, I'm not going to like this book. Because I don't want a book that's got pictures. So I went to school, you know, we had books that had pictures, especially in the first grade, you had pictures. <laughs> but then one day, one day God showed me something. He said, when you read my book, I draw the picture for you. Right. Amen. 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 When we get saved, we love the Bible, the Word of God. Why? Because in the Bible, God begins to draw Calvary. He begins to draw about His grace and all the things He's done for and all the things He's doing. That's the love of God. Amen. That's the love of God. Ladies and gentlemen. So when I think about this, then there's love for the sanctuary. Not that we honor a building, but we honor what happens in this building. That's right. Amen. God don't live in the walls of this building. No, that part of it is in our heart. That's right. It's God's house. That's right. This Amen. is where we shut out the world. You come into here and to worship God. Amen. So we honor this place because it stands for God. Amen. Said one of whom that we serve. Some years ago, when I left here, went to Lexington. My oldest son was going to school over in Sandy Ridge. 
So we didn't want to take him out of school. That was in March. The school was out in June. So his grandma, my wife's side, lived down 704 down there. So it was a deal. We'd bring him up on Monday to school and he could stay with his grandma through Friday. And then Friday we'd come back and get him and take him home for the weekend and bring him back. His school was out. On 68, just out of High Point, they were building this huge brick building. And as I'd come up the road, I said, one day maybe I'll put you in that big old building they built out there. That's some thoughts that I had. Then as time went on, they put up a sign that said, Seven Day Adventist. I said, That won't never happen. We're in the ways, not the law, you know. Amen. But years has gone by, and then I get a call from a man by the name of Ron Chapman. He said, would you come and put your meeting for me? And I said, I would. He said, now we have sold our church, Brentwood Baptist Church, and we've been in a new church. We're meeting in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. The very church I thought I'd never preach. <laughs> he said, they said, you can have all the revivals you want to. All of a sudden, we, we don't need it on Sunday. They worship on Saturday. Now I learned one thing. God don't blow up. When I got in that building and the pastor was praying, I went to sleep. That's how dead it was. In that. I knew I was in the building where nobody was used to shouting, praise God, said amen. I knew that. But I learned one thing while I was preaching. I preached three meetings in that Seventh-day Adventist church. I preached one when I was a pastor. I think I preached two after I went to evangelism. But one thing, they run large offering because they think if you don't tithe, you're going to die and go to hell. Maybe I'll preach that No. I mean, they give because that's where they come down and do it. They are the law. Aren't you glad you're not the law? Thank God for the law. Without the law, we'd never be convicted of our sins. But thank God for grace. Amen. So we worship. We worship the listen. God's house. We honor the sanctuary. Not the word. We honor the sanctuary. The Bible said in Hebrews 10, 25, Now forsaken the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of summons, but exhorting one another, and so much as you see that they approach you. I'll share something with you. I have never deliberately over 62 years ever laid out of church. I have never got up and said, I'm just going to go to church today. Well, a few times I've been out, I was sick. I had to be out. We went on vacation. We still went to church. We found us a church. We did. We had a motel room. We had Sunday school and preaching motel room. I preached to my family many times. That's going to be out there. I love the church. Never laid out. Then something is, I have never quit time to preach at home. Are you with me? What am I saying? That don't keep me saved, but it keeps me in fellowship. One day we're going to face God. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we should never, ever have to sell a coconut pie, a chocolate cake to support the work of God. That's against the scripture. Mr. Henry Griffin is going to build this building. He said to me, he meant, well, I know how we can raise the money. Let's have a stew, he said. And sell it like the Methodists do. Now, I'm not against the Methodists. Uh, God knows I'm not. Like they do, I said, oh, no. We're going to build this with God's tithe and offer. You know where I'm coming from, don't you? Right. Why did we do that? Why did we tithe? Now here's the old saying, the devil wants you to believe this. Uh, why work so hard and take your money down and give it to the preacher? You don't give it to the preacher. That's right. You give it to the work of God. Amen. Amen. And the church return used it to help the preacher. Right. Now the old Baptists don't tell me they don't get money. They get them handshake offerings. Yeah. They may not pass offering, but they get offering. 
They put it in what to do. I'll go, that's another story. They said, but anyway, the Bible tells us this is why we all know the church. David says in Psalm 122, verse 1, he said, I was glad when they sent me letters go. And the house off. Did you shout this evening when the door was open? Right. Did you shout this evening? Right. How many times, don't ask you something. I don't know how many years you've been saved, but how many times do you be going to church and come get in by the seat? I'm not talking about funerals and homecoming and weddings. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about regular services. How long have you been saved? How many times have you had to stand outside to wait to get in the church and get people in? I've seen some of those times. I'm up here in Virginia, Stuart, Virginia. That's 40 some years ago. And I came in there, I was pastoring. I came in there to preach a meeting for Benny Baldwin there. And uh, it was raining. Sleeping snow all three of it one night. We started on Monday. And then that was the coldest place in there. I'm talking about not just the weather, but people spiritually cold. Cold. Tuesday night it was hard to preach. I said to the pastor, let's have an all-night prayer meeting. He said, I've never been in one. If you're calling, I'll stay with you. And I got through preaching that Tuesday night and I said to the church, how many will stay back and we're going to pray all night tonight? The pastor said, I had the permission to make this announcement. Seventeen stayed. The men went down the basement and that basement on the back side is on ground level. And the women stayed upstairs. About five o'clock in the morning, God moved in that place. The preacher left the prayer meeting went out down the woods. He was gone. One of the deacons said, what's happened to my preacher? I said, he's probably down there walking in the snow or climbing a tree. <laughs> he came back in there with his shirt tail out. He'd been down there rolling in the snow and praise the God. Amen. Then I heard the women upstairs begin to shout. Well, I heard them dancing around up there. We went up there and we joined hands and we claimed revival. Amen. The pastor said, the parsonage that Brother Jimmy Willow lives in now, and that's where Brother Benny lived. He said, let's go up to the house. He said, I got a ham been killing for months in the smokehouse. Let's go up and cut that ham and have scrambled eggs, red eye gravy, and biscuits. <coughs> so we went to bed and they sliced that ham. This won't tell And so the women in the back there cooking that ham, making biscuits and red eye gravy. We men got back in the living room. We started praying again. They called us to come to the table. We're so full of God. Now, you got to be full of God and not eat. <laughs> you got to be full of God. Amen. Nobody could eat nothing. And so he said, there's an old boy up here on the mountain. He used to say, let's go see him. We drive over there. He's standing on the door. An old trailer lived in. He's covered in sweat. The pastor got out and he said, we come to see if you want to get saved. He said, I've been waiting for somebody all night to come show me how to get saved. Amen. His first had gone out and he got in that house and got saved. He began to hug me and I had on my white shirt like I got. But I left it my shirt was turning black. He cried all over me and I liked that. <laughs> then he said over here near a love of sleep, he said, there's a man 92 years old. Let's go see if we can get him saved. We drive over there. Go in the house, and this man got a white beard and chewing tobacco, spitting on a stove. He had one in water. Someone was coming out of a reservoir for the mountain, coming through the kitchen in the bathroom. That's what I call running water. <laughs> so the pastor said to this man, said, would you like to get saved? He said, I've been waiting a long time. I'd like to get saved today. And he got saved. Amen. So we came off of that mountain. I don't remember getting off that mountain. So full of God. 
that afternoon, about four o'clock, the preacher come to get me to carry me out for my meal. And I ate him and came back and got to the church. The people standing outside, sleeping, waiting. And I said, did you forget to unlock the church? He said, oh, no, at 3 o'clock, I unlocked the church. I said, those two men had just gotten saved. I said, somehow we got to get them in the building. We walked in that building. They, the basement was full. Standing around the wall, don't have to see people. Couldn't get people in the building that night. Amen. I got up to a priest that night. On my right, there was a deacon from very far back. One little ways away. I didn't know they had been had a out with each other. And so I get up to read my scripture. And this deacon gets up, and this deacon, they meet in the aisle. They make things right in 25, God say. <laughs> 25, God say. I stayed there two weeks. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, when people get right, when people get to loving God like that. That's right. Bible. Amen. Amen. We got too many people making excuses not, not to go to church. Not to have a Bible. Then again, we find that we love for the saints. The best people in all this world is people that are saved. My dearest friends are people who've been born again. Amen. You know what? We're somebody. Amen. God took us from nothing and made us somebody. We are royal tonight. Because of God's love and cause of the blood. Then I'm going to conclude. Then as love for the sinner. We need to pray and tell us we need to live clean before and, and listen and tell people how to get saved. I think about Nicodemus, the man in the Bible, an educated man and a ruler, and he taught people knew nothing about salvation. Yeah, one day he talked to Jesus. Amen. I think about the man with the withered hand. And he got saved. I think about the blind man. You like that song? You're only saving, don't think, just ask the blind man. Amen. <laughs> and then I think about, and I think about these people. I think about the day that God saved me. I think about the day God saved me. So we ought to praise the Lord for His overwhelming love. Listen, we can run, we can shout, walk the back of the pew. But it's best when we walk with God and they see God in us. That's right. They see God in us. The greatest testimony. The one that we live. Yes. Not the one that we say we are, the one that we live. Amen. I had this experience. I've had more I've had these experiences down through time, but I have this experience. Back in May I had five meetings and I drove back and forth from my house to all my meetings. And I heard them get in one of our wrestling chronicles I remember that. And I went at McDonald's. I called my wife and I said, and I love McDonald's. Chicken nuggets. <laughs> chicken nuggets. I don't like that chicken nuggets. And I, when I called my wife, I said, would you like to have some nuggets? She said, yeah. I said, I'll stop and get a box of 10. And I went in there and walked up the counter and this young lady, she said, how was the meeting tonight? I said, the meeting? I said, do I know you? She said, no, sir. Do you know? She said, I've never seen you before, but you've been to church. <laughs> I said, we had a great meeting tonight. She said, didn't let me ask you the next thing. She said, you're saved, aren't you? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. Then she, she said, again, she said, I won't be wrong with you, a preacher. <laughs> and I said, lady, how do you know all that? She said, because you fit the bill. Yeah. That's what she said. What she's saying is, when you walked in here, life was different. Amen. Amen. You look different. That's what people need to see. Yeah, amen. Would you stand all over the